had a really nice moment in class today. Um, I'm doing like staging with my entertainment kids and we're doing like we don't really do set design because that's not part of the course but yeah. there's a part of this assessment where they have to like be stage crew and I get them to like design their set just just yeah. to talk about like masking and and just all sorts of like technical things to do with set design. And um, one kid had obviously just seen Come From Away because he was like, I'd rather go really sparse with the set and really yeah. rely on the lighting. I'm like, that sounds great, buddy, but this is about set. So yeah. <laughs> let's just go traditional for now, but I'm very much yeah. in support of this. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Josephine. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Very well. Welcome to my favorite musical. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's Ruth. That's Josephine. Yes, we are your hosts. And before we get started, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we're recording this podcast, the Dark and Young People. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening. We absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ruth, how are you this week? I'm pretty good. I'm still very pregnant. Once again. We're recording this a bit in advance. That's a tautology. (laughs) You're right. It is. (laughs) I am pregnant. Yes, you're pregnant. I'm quite far along. You are ready to give birth. Yes. Um, (laughs) We're recording this a bit ahead of time because of said pregnancy. Yeah. Uh, So probably by the time this comes out, I may have given birth, I think. Wow. I know. That's weird to think about. That's crazy. Um, I have been listening to a lot of musical theatre so that it, it, like, goes into the womb. <laughs> is that how it works? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Good that the know. baby is obsessed. How does Andrew feel about that? Um, Andrew doesn't get a choice because it's my womb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that word womb. Womb. When does a thing become a womb? Like when is a uterus a womb? Uh, that, I'm the wrong person to ask that question oh, okay. to. Yeah, I'm right. not good with medical Like jargon. is my uterus a womb or is it only a womb if there's a baby No, in I it? think you have one. Ugh, I don't want one. <laughs> Oh, I, I just said that with confidence and I have no fucking idea. <laughs> you know, like how things change, the name of things yeah. changes. Well, like I didn't they... have a placenta until I got pregnant, well, right? That, but that's like a real thing. I meant like the the etymology yeah, of it. True, you know what I mean? True. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yes. And you know, you give birth to the placenta after yes. the baby. Oh, that's so intense. It's actually something that when I became aware of it, Hollywood not that I think Hollywood does births very well, but it always shits me when they have a baby and that's it. Like, no, there's well, other shit that happens. We've also been talking a lot about, like, particularly at the moment, it's like everyone in Hollywood is shown giving birth on their backs. Oh, yeah. And that's like the really... worst position to give birth in. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good for uh, camera angles. Well, that's right. And, and Welcome I think... to my favourite musical, yeah. <laughs> this The is Birth a pod- Podcast about musicals. <laughs> um, but also I think it's due to um, it, apparently it, it, for just for a long time it was like, oh, fuck how the women are feeling. That's how they should give birth. Oh, like people made them do that? Yes, Ouch. correct. It's like, it's, so it's just the patriarchy really. Once again, <laughs> shock horror. It's yeah. the patriarchy. Yeah. Oh, no. Anyway. Hey, um, can I give you some news? Yeah, do it. Um, I just can't deal with being able to listen to Tick, Tick, Boom on Spotify. Like, can you? did you see my Instagram story about this the other yes. day? Yes. I, like, I have written letters. I know. And they know. <laughs> to, we all know. <laughs> to the to the record companies. Because I think the thing is that it's on American Spotify. It is. So you know that thing where you type something in and you can, and someone's got it on a playlist and you can see it, but it's like it's like greyed out so you can't play yes. it. Yes. That's the deal with Tick, yes. Tick, Boom. So you can see it all there and you can see Sweet Raul has recorded 3090, yep. but you can't press play. 
So now we can finally hear the film soundtrack, yes. which makes me very happy. And I also think because we're recording this before you are giving birth, yeah. I think I'm going to see Tick Tick Boom before you because I think you are giving birth. Like, like when then. it comes out? Like the day. Yeah, we'll see. I, but I also was like, okay, but I'm just going to be sitting at home breastfeeding for days so I might just end up watching Tick Tick Boom like on repeat. It's my goal to beat you to watch something. It, okay. Like I just want to be the first to be like, oh, Ruth, did you see Tick Tick Boom? Yeah, it was really good. Like, I just <laughs> want to be able for look, once. I, like I respect that goal. If I can't, like if. If I can't get it done in this situation, it will never happen. Yes. Well, I'm in hospital Well, you are literally giving birth. That's hilarious. So um, I'm very I'm excited. I'm so keen for it though. Gosh, it looks good. Yeah, I'm really keen. We talked about it last episode as well, yeah. but I just, yeah, I'm very keen. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just can't wait to listen to Tick, Tick, Boom on Spotify. Yay. <laughs> Be able to listen to that score. It's, okay, so like I didn't have high expectations for the listening of it. Like I'm very excited for yeah. the movie, but it, it exceeded my expectations. Yeah, absolutely. I thought. Because I think Andrew Garfield like basically learnt to sing for the film. Yeah, and he's great. He's great. I did miss hearing Ralph sing those yeah. songs. I, but I guess the thing is that. That's all I've known. The way that the, the, the sort of vantage point that they've taken for this is that it is like a biopic of Jonathan Larson, yes. right? So and like Jonathan he Larson's wasn't that great voice, a singer. That's right. Yeah. He wasn't that good. Like in the same way that sometimes not that good, right? Yeah. Like sometimes is good at everything. <laughs> yes, but it's just like, yeah. So it's like it's a bit more truthful, I guess, in that um, way. Very on brand to at the moment end today's episode. He's just too old for that role, though. Andrew Garfield. Yeah, he's like thirty-eight or thirty-nine. Yeah, but it's amazing how like no one cares about that. In rela- I, I guess it's because he's not a teenager, right? Like, yes, like it's like, not Dear Evan Hansen yes. or Grease. Um, but I think that, yeah, it, I, I have seen that, yes, he's yes. supposed to be 10 years younger but than like he that, is. That's a critical, that's the whole point. Like plot of the- point. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with He's got a pretty boyish face. But I am going to bitch about that particular issue in this episode extensively. Absolutely. <laughs> because we're doing Grease. Yes, Grease. Um, before we get there, though, I did want to mention um, that Leslie Bracuse passed away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't quite realised. So obviously I knew, like, his musical theatre work. Oh, but, like, film work? But, like, in terms of some of the famous fucking songs he'd, wrote, he'd wrote, written. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Willy Wonka. Uh, well, yeah, so, uh, like, those are the ones I knew, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like... He wrote Feeling Good. Yes. Like that Nina Simone made I know. famous. And um, Goldfinger. Yes, Goldfinger. Like Shirley Bassey Goldfinger. He, he wrote a whole lot of songs like that, like The Joker, you know, the, fit, the yes. theme for um, Kath and Kim. Yes. I love that song. That's a great song. Yeah, he wrote that. Yeah. Yeah, it's very sad. So he Those was kind 90. of like almost torchy sort of songs. Yeah, he was but like, really like a bit jazzy. It. Yes. It's very Shirley Bassey-esque, really, yeah. a lot of those songs. But, yeah, and obviously, like, Jacqueline High, they're all, yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's sad. It is sad, yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, so that that's pretty much all the news that I have. Yeah, we're just, you know, keeping it light this week. Keeping it light. Yeah. Um, Do you want to talk about Greece? Let's do it. I am very sad that we're talking about Greece. Are you? Yes. Tell me why. Because I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> do you hate the film as well as the stage show. I don't hate the film as much as the stage show, but that does not mean much okay. because I despise the stage show and I hate the film slightly less. Because I quite like the film, I would Ugh. say. I do not like the stage show. Is it nostalgia though? Is that why you like the There's film? There's definitely some nostalgia there. I mean, like, how many times have you seen the film? I reckon I've seen it like a hundred times. It would be hundreds. Yeah. Because 
and this is what I was thinking, like, how did I come to know Greece? It's always been in my head because it used to be on TV every All weekend. The time. Just every weekend in the 90s. All that the was time. it was this and the sound of music that was like the Saturday night movie. Yes. Every every week. And you would just see like bits of it as yeah, well. All the time. And well, do you remember I think Grace Lightning was like on Rage. And Summer Nights. They and re- Summer re- Nights was on Rage. And Summer Nights is, was played at parties. And you I know. think um, you're the one that I want as well. Yeah. And it wasn't like a, there wasn't a film clip. It was just the film. It, yeah, they would just play the clip from the film. It was everywhere. Everywhere. Same and as was, Summer Nights. That was the clip. Yes. It was the clip from the film. It was just so celebrated. Yes. Like, do you remember it just being like, Greece? It's Greece. It, it, it was iconic. And it shouldn't be. Well. No. It shouldn't be. <laughs> um, I also remember, I saw it at the cinema. Did you? In, in, in 1975. 1990, in 1998. <laughs> they re-released it for the 20th anniversary. Yeah, nice. And I saw it and I was by myself. Wait. No, that can't be. Oh, 1998. Yeah, sorry, I was sorry, 11. Sorry, sorry, Yeah. I was 11 and mum was in at a conference in Sydney and we were staying down. Wow. And she was just like, I mean, you know how people talk about like kids in the 80s like, going off and like oh yeah it still kind of was like that in the 90s it don't totally you think? was i used to catch the train to sydney same. when i was like 10 same. on my own I'm like off you go to central station I think about that all the time it's so weird um so mum was in a conference for the day and she basically yeah like gave us money and my brother and i walked to um <laughs> yes. the george street cinemas this is how people lost children yeah and wow. he went and saw i don't know something or other and i went and saw greece you went to different movies oh yeah i well, did that my, with my, my brother older brother was not going to see greece <laughs> I had this, sorry to just depart from Greece for a second. I had this memory that when Ever After came out, and I must have been really young because that was in the, I would say, mid to late 90s. Really? I took my brother to see that on my, like me and my brother. And so it was just the two of us. Like I know my mum like gave us money to go to the movies. And yeah. What year, was it like 96 or? 98. 98. Yeah. My, my brother was like, what was he? Four? <laughs> he was four years old. They've oh been making a musical of that for a while, by the way, ever oh, after. Really? Yeah. Um, I think it's like Marcy, you know, Marcy, she she wrote, she wrote the Alto's Lament. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Heisler, is that something like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, that's cool. I think she's involved. I Sorry, made, anyway, Greece. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I remember going to see it for the 20th anniversary. I had the. Oh, the, no, my brother would have been six. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I also remember they released, they did a special edition of the DVD where the DVD was wearing a a T-Bird jacket and I have that. I remember that we sold that at Borders for the 30th anniversary. It must, yeah, that sounds about right. Yes, because they made a big deal of that coming out. Yeah. It was wearing a jacket. It's so weird to think about now. I mean, DVDs are obsolete now, so it's kind of. God. Yeah, but I had that as well. I've been thinking all week about why it's so popular and I have literally no answers. I think like, the, unlike the cats, songs are very catchy. Yeah. I mean, like think about, you know, all the fucking songs. Yes, I do. Yeah. I don't like all of them though. Like Not I hate hopelessly devoted to you. Do you? Oh, I hate it. Oh, I don't hate that song. I also hate how she was like, she put that letter in like a blow up in that yeah, little it's blow so up shit. pond. It's so, it's so shit. shit. Like, don't get me wrong. There's so much problematic stuff. There's so much yeah. like cheesy whatever. But I still think it's – I get why. I, the, the film's enjoyable. It's great it's fun. It's fun, right? Yeah. It's a bit of fun. Yeah, and the songs are catchy. But I think I think it's just not good fun. Like I think it's yeah. like we don't need to watch that anymore. <laughs> probably not. You're probably right. <laughs> do you want to hear the synopsis? Uh, I do. Um, I also just wanted to say that 
I've seen it on stage. Several, have you oh, seen yes. it on stage? Yeah, many that's times? what I was going to say. I've seen it many, many times, but always done by amateur. Like so I've never seen a professional show. I saw show. the Australian. Was it like 2013? Oh, like the uh, like Lucy Maunder one. Yes, yeah. and Rob Mills was Danny. Yeah, and it was. I just and Bert Newton. I think was. Um, that's the soundtrack. Johnny the cast recording I've linked to because it's really good and it's on Spotify. Yes, yeah. yeah. So that is that. I yeah. And that is the version now that gets performed. Yeah, which is where, quite which a bastardization got, of the original. Yeah, like we'll talk about it, but basically the, they have turned the movie into the stage yes. show, which is not what the stage not show what was, it was like. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's got all the songs from the film. Yeah. They've done all of that. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I'm not a fan, mostly because um, in the movie, which I think was smart, they took a bunch of songs from the stage show and made them background music yes. and not actual characters songs yes and that's kind of needed well in the movie they just took out a lot of the shit from the supporting characters it's just yes. about Danny you're and right Sandy. you're right and then so, sort of Kitty Kinnery though yeah but like in the stage show you know about all those characters mm-hmm. and they all get a song in a moment they all get a song yeah, yeah. And it's just not mm, not good yeah exactly well yeah tell us the story okay so I am going to just assume that everyone knows the plot of the film version yes um so I'm gonna tell you the plot of the original stage show it's quite different. Which original? Oh, I think like original Broadway. Original Broadway. Yeah. I've also I've just sort of made adjustments for wh- like some of the changes. Like I've explained where different songs yeah, go and yeah. such. Okay, so we open on Rydell High Class of 1959 reunion with Patty and Eugene giving speeches about their time at Rydell and remembering their peers who are with them in spirit at this reunion. Then we segue really awkwardly into the past where <laughs> we meet the Burger Palace boys. Yeah. And they are a greaser gang, um, later called the T-Birds, like in later productions. For now they're known as the Burger Palace boys. Yeah. And their female counterparts, the Pink Ladies. Um, the show does not open with the song Grease is the Word. No. Nope. It it's, does not exist yet. No. Um, so it's the first day of senior year and Frenchie, she's one of the pink ladies, introduces her new neighbour, Sandy, who has apparently been unfairly expelled from her Catholic school. We should school. say Sandy Dombrowski. Yes. That was changed for the film because yeah. of, anyway, Sandy Dombrowski. That's right. So Sandy's been um, expelled from Catholic school and now she's going to Rydell High. Right. Um, so she, Frenchie introduces her to the rest of the pink ladies. So that's Rizzo, Marty and Jan. Also, Patty Simcox is just randomly there. She's randomly here for the whole musical. Yeah. Very random. Sandy tells the girls that she had this brief love affair over the holidays, over the summer holidays. And at the same time, this like terrible dude, Danny Zuko, <laughs> is telling the Burger Palace boys about his own summer fling and yes they sing summer nights um this part sort of plays out the same as the film so the two meet up like the the pink ladies engineer a meeting and danny is a dick and sandy gets upset like that's pretty standard the girls then go to a pajama party at marty's place where they experiment with wine cigarettes pierced ears etc and they talk about boys um look at me i'm sandra d is not here in the original this does not happen um i think Marty sings a song about the Marine that she's... Oh, Freddie My Love. Freddie My Love, yeah. yeah. Um, Which I don't mind that song. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, lots of stage shows now pop this pop Look at Me, I'm Sandra D in here because that's what the movie does. that's the film. That's right. Yeah. So meanwhile, the Burger Palace boys are stealing hubcaps off cars and dreaming of upgrading their own cars to become chick maggots. Yeah. Um, maggots? Maggots. <laughs> <laughs> I've written magnets, but yeah. I decided to say maggots. Uh, that's when they sing Grease Lightning. 
But it's Kaniki that sings it, not Danny. It's Kaniki, not yeah. Danny. That's right. So then Danny tries to apologize to Sandy while she's at cheerleading practice, but Paddy keeps flirting with him and he decides to join the track team to prove himself to Sandy, like randomly. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like, obviously a lot of it is about the culture of the greasers versus like jocks or whatever. Yes. It's very like this American division stuff. So yeah. whatever. Um the Burger Palace boys and the pink ladies tease Danny like for going after this girl who's a bit of a square, like she's so proper, and they compare her to the teenage star Sandra D. So she was at the time this like ingenue, like very pure blonde, yes. like, you know, a bit of a square. Then they sing Look at Me, I'm Sandra right. D. And so Sandy comes in just as everyone seems to be teasing her. I mean, they are teasing her. And she fully attacks Rizzo. Like she goes like, she's a proper teenager. Yeah. She attacks Rizzo and she blames Danny for the teasing. Um, she leaves in a huff and Danny's just, just like fine about it. He laughs it off because he's a dick. Yeah. Um, the group then sing We Go Together. <laughs> okay. Um, sometimes Hopelessly Devoted to You is placed here, but it's not part of the original. So yeah. I just love that how Sandy's like really upset, goes off, and everyone's like, yeah, whatever. Act two. <laughs> it's the dance. Um, and Sandy goes at home alone just crying because she can't go. Yeah. Uh, Kaniki turns up with Cha-Cha D. Gregorio and Paddy tries to impress Danny by trash-talking Sandy's shitty cheerleading. <laughs> it's really great. Um, Danny and Cha-Cha end up dancing together and winning the hand jive competition as in the film. Yeah. Later, the Burger Palace boys, I'm skipping over a lot of like the duty and the Rogers yes. stuff because like who cares about that? So later the Burger Palace boys are challenged to a rumble by like a rival gang because Cha-Cha is the girlfriend of one of the gang members. Yeah. Um, the rival gang just don't show up to the rumble. Meanwhile, Frenchie tries to figure out what she's doing with her life because she just dropped out of beauty school. Cute. Beauty school dropout. Yeah, beauty school dropout by the teen angel. Danny randomly invites Sandy to the drive-in movie. He won, I think, the competition, like the hand jive competition, you win tickets to the drive-in. Right. So he invites her to the drive-in and he apologises and offers her his class ring. So she's pumped until he, like, fully tries to get fresh with her. Yeah. Um, and so she leaves and leaves him alone at the movies and he sings a song about how hurt he is by Sandy's terrible treatment of him. Um, a few Which, days. Does that become Sandy in later? Yeah, what's it called? It's called Alone at the Drive-In That's Movie. That's right. Yeah. Which is also a good song. Yeah. So a few days later, Rizzo worries that she's pregnant with Kaniki's baby and Marty tells the girls that Vince Fontaine from the dance like spiked her drink. <laughs> and that's God. the end of that. Yeah. Uh, Rizzo sings the best song of the show and Sandy decides to fit in properly with the greasers, as we know. Uh, the next day at the Burger Palace, Patty is upset because Danny has quit the track team and is just like, it seems like he's just returning to the greases and becoming yeah. just like what he, whatever he is. Sandy comes in looking like a greaser and she punches Patty. Oh. Yeah. Danny is really pleased that Sandy has changed and he tells her he has feelings for her now and then everyone is happy, Rizzo isn't pregnant, and all of them, including Patty for some weird reason, sing We Go Together at the end. So they sing it twice? Yes. <sighs> but instead of at the end of Act 1, Sandy isn't there, but now Sandy's there. Okay. Even though she just punched Patty. And Patty's still there too. And so now in later versions, you, they put you're the one that I want maybe earlier, right? Earlier. Well, you're the one that I want when um, when Sandy shows up looking like yes, a greaser. that's right. Yeah. Oh, dear. It's like it's actually probably not as problematic as the film. Yeah, you might be right. Well, like there's just <laughs> – my issue with the story is that it is just shit. Like it's just a shit story, yeah. right? And there are not really any interesting or redeeming characters. 
And there's no, no arcs for anyone. Yeah, everyone's kind of an asshole. Yeah, like everyone is, at least in the film. They do, like Sandy has some redeeming qualities. Danny has maybe a redeeming quality. Yeah. The morals are just all over the just, shop. There's just not, there's no great messages anywhere. No, for the, anyone. The only character who is like remotely interesting and has an arc is Rizzo. Frenchie kind of does. Kind of. <laughs> In like a weird way. But like... What I think we forget is that this is just – it's just, like, lots of angsty teenage drama. And also that, like, it it is – was written to be, like, a nostalgia piece. Yes. And a, and and also pa- – not pa- – parodying is the wrong like word. send up a little bit. But using archetypes from 50s. Yeah. Like, it, it's not like it, – yeah, I don't think it was trying to have a message kind no. of thing. No. Well, it succeeded in not having a message. Because I did read that one of the things was, like, Apparently it was really common, like, you know, you think about like Rebel Without a Cause and those sorts of films, right, from the 50s. Yeah. And that was all like bad boy turns good. Yeah. And so the idea of Sandy originally was <laughs> it was like good girl turns bad. Yeah. Like that was sort of the. And bad boy main is still just a dick at yeah. the end. Well, like, yeah. And I think what what we have to be okay with maybe with this is that, okay, everyone's just a bit not good. Yeah. Like everyone's just a terrible person. Yes, and, and sometimes I, that is how the world is. And sometimes if you go in being aware of that, yeah, it's then it's not fine. such an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that the movie just sort of tried to make our romantic leads a little bit redeemable, which I understand. But like, well, that's not the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, shall I tell you a bit about the history, please? Yeah. So obviously, like we've sort of touched on this, but the show has changed a lot over mm-hmm. the years. So it was originally written in 1971 um, with music lyrics and book by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey. Mm. Now this is basically the only notable thing that those two have ever done. Jim Jacobs is still alive, yeah. uh, but Warren C- Casey sadly died uh, in the late 1980s of AIDS related illnesses. Yeah. Um, but the show was developed based on Jim Jacobs experiences at Taft high school in Chicago in the 1950s. <laughs> um, so the original production of Grease premiered at the Kingston Mines Theatre in Chicago in 1971 and it was full of sex and cursing and basically no songs. Yeah. Like it was essentially a play with music. Um, They sort of described it as like three quarters book, one quarter music. Yeah. And then these producers, um, Ken Weissman and Maxine Fox, they saw the show in Chicago and made a deal with the writers to produce it off Broadway. But like, with a bunch of caveats kind of thing. So yeah. one of them was that it had to turn into a fully fledged musical. Yeah. And they, 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 they like left their jobs and everything like to do this. You yeah, know? Wow. It was like a big thing for them. Good um, call though. Like, yeah, I mean, absolutely. So they wrote a bunch of different and new songs. They took out a lot of the swearing and sex that was in that original production. Which is insane to me because there's still a lot of swearing a lot, and sex. Right? Like, for our sort of – when you think about the fact that we watched it so much as kids. I know. What the hell? It's quite inappropriate anyway. Uh, and it was also very Chicago-specific about mm. that original production. Yeah, Danny – yeah, that's Yeah, right. so that there was lots of like local local references yes. and stuff that they changed I think for... all they kept is that Denny is supposed to be from Chicago. Okay, right, yeah. yeah. So the show then opens off Broadway at the Eden Theatre in downtown Manhattan on February 14th, 1972. Jeez, that's a quick turnaround. Yeah, so that theatre is now the Village East cinema it's oh, like a yeah. cinema still it's down in the east village and um when it was the eden theater that's where joseph and the amazing technical dream code also premiered in new york city so it was like so used... wait are you telling me that village east theater is in the east village indeed great but uh, it's village like um the chain yeah the, uh, yeah. Brand. <laughs> the chain of um <laughs> yeah cinemas um and interesting 
Although it was produced off-Broadway, it was done so under first-class Broadway contracts, hmm. which means it was eligible for the Tony Awards yeah, that year. Yeah, nice. Which Does that I mean think, that people got paid as if they were on a Broadway Well, production? yeah, I guess – well, I mean, I don't really know how strong the unions were back then, mm. but I do think that it was – yes, probably. They would yeah. have gotten paid more than off-Broadway. Hmm. Um, but also, yeah, that, that – was a different time in yeah. terms of it didn't, you know, you could do that at a non-Broadway theatre huh. and it was probably a bit less risky because, you know, that meant that you could move it if you wanted to. Yeah. I've actually never heard of that Tonys. No, me neither, but I, I, I think it was fairly common back yeah, then. Yeah, wow. Early 70s. So um, it, that year it was nominated for seven Tony Awards uh, but won none. <laughs> um, we've actually talked about the 1972 Correct. Tony Awards on the podcast a couple of times. This was the year that Two Gentlemen of Verona won Best Musical. It beat out, it beat out Ain't Supposed to Die a Natural Death, which we have talked about is due to have a Broadway revival in 2022. Yeah. Um, Follies. Yes. And Grease were the other shows nominated for Best Musical. Yeah. It also beat out Jesus Christ Superstar, which was not even nominated for Best Musical. Yeah, which is um, not a great It's just like insane when you indictment, think about it, really. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, in fact, in its Greece's various revivals, uh, it's, it's not always, yeah, it's always been nominated for a handful mm. of awards, I noticed, um, but it has never won a Tony or an Olivier yes. for any of its revivals. Yeah, it's won like a random drama desk for someone and maybe. Yeah, and like yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah. But um, like, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> so the production on June 7th, 1972 moved to the Broadhurst Theatre on Broadway. Mm, nice. Uh, on November 21st that year it moved to the Royale Theatre, which is now the Bernard B. Jacobs, and it ran there until January 27th, 1980. Oh, wow. So, like, long run, That's right? That's longer than I thought. For the final five weeks of the run, it moved to the larger Majestic Theatre, which is where Phantom has been for all yeah. these years. Um, and by the time it closed on April 13th, 1980, it had run 3,388 performances, mm. which at the time was the long- longest-running Broadway show. Jeez. Yeah, so it was overtaken. Yeah, of course, before, like, Chicago. Chorus Line overtook it. Yeah. Yeah, it was the next one. Uh, it is currently the 16th longest-running it um, makes show. a lot of sense com- considering, like, the film came out in the middle of that run. Of course, like, it would have sustained. Its, yes. Or, yeah, yeah okay. 78 the film came out. Yeah, yeah. so that, that makes sense. Um, it made its London debut at the New London Theatre on June 26, 1973, with a <laughs> cast that included Richard Gere as Danny. I know, I saw that. Yeah, That's he crazy. previously played, I think, Sonny on Broadway. Yeah. He was a replacement. Um, and the guy who... The guy who played Kaniki in the film was was, was he Danny, Danny on Broadway. Was the original yeah, Danny? Yeah, that's right. Not no, sorry, not the original. He was one but of the was, was a replacement Danny. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Jeff Conaway, his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a few of those like John Travolta had been. Yeah, had been duty. Duty. That's on right. Tour. Yeah. Um, but there was a guy. I think the duty in the film had also played duty on Broadway. Yeah. And Jan was also Jan on Broadway. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that was um, – there's, yeah. there's, there's a few of those. Um, the production in London closed on February 14th, 1974, so it ran like – One year. A, not even a year. Yeah, wow. Which is a bit disappointing when you think about it. But then there's been London revivals in 1979, mm. 1993 and 2007. Yeah. And like I think the 1993 one ran for three years and the 2007 one ran for four years. So like Jeez, those that's were good for quite a revival. successful revivals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, on Broadway it was revived in 1994 – and that was quite an interesting production. Is that it was, the Rosie O'Donnell one? Yeah. yeah. So Rosie O'Donnell played um, Rizzo. Rizzo. Mm. Um, and that production is sort of known as one of the beginnings of like stunt casting in, yes. on Broadway. So um, they really milked like these replacements that would come in um, as, as you know. Yeah. Um, the stars. And, yeah. and like I guess it is the sort of show like so I believe like originally, you know, 
uh, Teen Angel and like Johnny Casino or Vince Fontaine or whatever will often just play by the one performer. Yeah. But instead they could have someone really famous just come, come in as Teen that, Angel, yeah. just come in as Vince Fontaine, like yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and that's where that um, came. But yeah, but that original Broadway, sorry, that original revival cast in 1994, Mega Mullally was Marty. That's right. She was not, this is pre-Will and yeah. Grace. This yeah. is, yeah. And Billy Porter was Teen Angel. Yes, I is, did know that. Which is also kind of before his. Great um, casting. Yeah. So some of the stunt casted replacements in that cast included Linda Blair, <laughs> Chubby Checker, Sheena Easton, Debbie Gibson, Al Jarreau, Lucy Lawless, Joe <laughs> Piscopo, and Brooke Shields. Nice. Brooke yeah. Shields won an award. Did she? Yeah, she Maybe did. Maybe like a rep- – I think she wasn't in – she wasn't the original. She was no, Sandy, right? No, but she won an award for that. I can't remember yeah. what it was, but yeah. Um, it was then revived again on Broadway in 2007 to coincide with the NBC talent show Grease, You're the One That I Want, mm. where America voted on the actors who would play Danny and Sandy, uh, leading to the Broadway debuts of Max Crum and Laura Osnes. Mm. Laura Osnes have, has, of course, been in the headlines for all the wrong reasons recently for being unvaccinated yeah. and having to withdraw from some shows for this reason. Um, yeah, she's like there's only a handful of kind of what I would call right-wing Broadway people. It's quite a rare combination. It is, yeah, but she's one of them, so, <laughs> yeah, wow. you know. Um, this was also the first revival to include the, like, the the songs written for the film. Yes. Which I didn't realise. I, I kind of so assumed. Yeah, yeah, I kind of assumed it was earlier. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that it included Hopelessly Devoted to You, the title song, Grease, and You're the One That I Want. Um, Grease is the word. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's called that, right? Yeah. Yeah, although sometimes I say it just referred to as Grease. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I'll check. Uh, the film, of course, was released in 1978 and was massive, remains a classic to this day. Uh, it was the highest grossing film of that year. What are we calling year. a classic? Huh? What are we calling a classic? Oh, come on. It's in the <laughs> Library of Congress. I saw some headline. Uh, oh, yeah, it's just, it's just called Grease. It's just called Grease, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you were right. And, yeah, so it was the highest grossing film in 1978. It is the highest grossing musical ever at the time of its release uh, and remained that way for many decades. I think it was like Mamma Mia um, eventually overtook it. Oh, I thought it might be Chicago. No, apparently not. Oh, well, Mamma Mia's, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, Chicago's before Mamma Mia, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, it could be Chicago. How is Fiddler on the Roof not more popular and higher grossing? Well, grossing is also like a weird. No, but this was bigger than Fiddler. I know you love Fiddler. You didn't think I was maybe being a little bit tongue-in-cheek then? But then we're not, like, Sound of Music, that's a fair comparison where you go, how is that not? But, no, this was fucking massive. It would just be, like, more access to cinemas and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, And the the film soundtrack was the second best-selling album of that year. Yeah. Second to Saturday Night Fever, of course, also with John Travolta. Yeah. And the film, of course, made – so John Travolta was already – kind of riding the crest of um, Saturday Night Fever, like he was sort of on top of the world. He was still super young. He was like 23. 23, yeah. Yeah, really young. But Olivia Newton-John, like it was a star-making role for her. Yeah, but she was already a big deal as a singer. A country singer, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. But she was like the the name. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. it's interesting. And quite a bit older than. But like um, Stockard Channing was not, right? No. Like it was sort of big for her. God, I love Stockard And, of Channing. course, she has gone on to have such an illustrious career. Well, because she's amazing. She sure is. Um, there was also the Fox Live television special Grease Live, which aired on January 31st, 2016. Uh, it was directed by Tommy Cale of Hamilton fame. Yeah. And it starred Aaron Tveit, Julianne Hough and Vanessa Hudgens. 
Um, I have to say that I think it's You the, liked this, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, of all the live TV musicals. <laughs> that is a low bar. <laughs> yeah, but there's lots of them now. Yeah. Um, I think it's the it's the most well done. I really do. It it manages to um fuse kind of this idea that it's live with like it's like it was quite almost meta in the Mm. way that they would travel around on like the little um what do you call those like the little like a dolly that you know like little carts that would go from set to set yeah sure they would go from like scene to scene in those or they would use them as things there was both a mixture of like live audience like watching things so it wasn't trying to pretend it wasn't live in a studio yeah it was just a shame that it was Greece if you know what I mean I do know what you mean the musical did not hold up because you know it's terrible but but in terms of how it was directed and produced I thought it was really well done maybe I will watch it now that I hear you say this yeah Yeah. I think you would just appreciate them doing something with the art form if yeah you totally it that. yeah well that's my biggest issue with um live musicals is that like on televised live ones is that they're not an art form yeah exactly so and they haven't really found the no, one they haven't so that was it on out. fox which i don't think they've done many it's mostly nbc that have done the live ones i just object to both fox and greece yeah exactly mm. um i also just wanted to mention the 2016 squabologic production that was in sydney yeah. uh, which i didn't get to see sadly i was living in london at that time um but so they build it as the original greece that was how they sort of um advertised the show and it was a version that the chicago theater company had done in 2011 which was a reworking of that very first chicago production so it included all these songs that were then cut for broadway yeah. it was much raunchier more swearing etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. Um, which, like, unfortunately didn't get great reviews. I read a lot of the reviews, um, but I really like that they did it. You know yeah, what I like mean? Yeah, like, if you're going to do Grease, you should do something interesting with it. And Yeah. Yeah, that, even though it, there's no good version of it, unfortunately. Yes, that, it wasn't. The, yeah. It wasn't a great show to begin with. Exactly. And I think the majority of the audience who are going to see Grease are going to want to see the movie. Yeah, it's so, hard. And I guess, you know, it's like, by that stage, yes, you know, Productions included all the songs from the film. But yeah. Also the others. Yes. It became. It was actually quite a long show to begin with as well, and I believe the Squabologic one was quite long too. Was it? Because it's got it's got a lot of songs in it. And they, they also made sure they cast really young people, so I think there was mostly like eighteen to twenty year olds that were in it. That is one of my next points to oh, talk is it? about. Yeah, but no, you're right, and that's not. It's not often done. No. Yeah. No, it's like they most people just embrace the fact that the film's all old people. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about the film? Yeah, let's do it. Um, well, what do you think about it? Yeah, like I mean, I, like I said, I just I I do think it's a good I think it's a good movie. You know, I think that it's, it's a very good adaptation of that show. Yes, because well, it makes it better. For yes, sure. it is definitely superior to the stage show. And yes. you don't get to say that about many movie musicals. No, you don't. You know, you really don't. But also, like. A lot of the original um, subject matter is better, like is good. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah. good to begin with. Yeah. Um, well, as I mentioned in the synopsis, the show is really raunchy and the film definitely skirts a line, but it's nowhere near as full on as the stage show, which is saying a lot because the film is incredibly suggestive. Yeah. Um, so some interesting facts about the film. Henry Winkler was almost cast as Danny over yeah, John Travolta. I read that. He actually bowed out because he didn't want to be typecast because, yeah. like, he was the Fonz in Happy Days and that's a really similar character. That's a greaser character. Yes. So he didn't want to. Yeah. I think that would have been great casting, but only because now I know Henry Winkler as um, 
God, oh, what's his name? In Arrested Development. In Arrested Development. Is it not, no, not Gene. No, Gene. Not Gene Pump. No. <laughs> no, it's the lawyer. The what's lawyer. his name? The oh, terrible lawyer. Yes. Anyway, he's Shit. so good in Arrested Development. He's so Development. good. Um, also, Olivia Newton-John couldn't do an American accent. Yeah, like that's why the character's Australian. That's why they make her Australian. That's why they changed her last yeah, name to so Olsen. She's, yeah, she's Sandy Olsen in the film, not Sandy Dombrowski. <sighs> Which also kind of doesn't make sense with the look at me, I'm Sandra D. I mean, like, obviously, like, yeah, her initial is D in the show, you know. Yeah. But also, Sandra D is a that's a, she's a teen I know, idol. but yeah, it's but that kind yes. of double, yeah, totally. Anyway, I love that we're looking for meaning in the film. <laughs> I <know. laughs> um, I do want to say that the character of Betty Rizzo is remains the only interesting character, as in the film. I think, like, yeah. I think that is the character, right? Yeah. Like it's Rizzo. It's got to be about Rizzo. It's Rizzo. It's a Rizzo show. Yeah. I um, mean, and and most girls want to play Rizzo, not Yeah, because well, she's interesting. Yeah. And she gets the best song. Definitely. Um, did you know the film was originally pitched as an X-rated cartoon? Yeah. And that's why the opening title is sequence a cartoon. is a cartoon. That yeah. was kind of the vestiges of it. Yeah. Which yeah. is cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and we mentioned before, but the T-Birds were called the Burger Palace Boys <laughs> in the in the original stage version until the recent changes. Yeah. So now they're the T-Birds on stage. Yeah, because it just doesn't have quite the same impact. No, it really the doesn't. The Burger Palace Boys. Yeah. Also, like, you'd have to you'd have to pay a lot in upholstery on those leather jackets to get Burger Palace Boys. Like, T-Birds <laughs> is a lot. It's just a lot cheaper. Yeah, it's just a cost-saving measure, right? <laughs> so, like... I can appreciate the film in terms of it's it's fun, it's nostalgic, the songs are catchy and all that, but I'd like to talk about some of the issues I have with the film. Sure. And some people will probably roll their eyes and groan at me, but firstly I think casting is a problem. Like I In terms of their ages? Yeah, I think there are actually more than just like it's more than just an annoyance. There's an issue with casting grown adults as teenagers. Yeah, like Sokka Channing was 33. 33. Yeah. Um Olivia Newton-John was 29, I yeah. think. Jan was 30. Yeah. Like, and Sunny Jan was had 31. great hair and they had to dye it. That's right. Yeah. So, like, it raises issues, I think, with representation. I think teenagers just don't look like that. Teenagers don't have adult bodies. Yeah. So even just something as simple as that, like, a teenager watching that would be like, well, shit. Do you, you know? think that part of it is that, though, that, like, it's that weird thing where it is also, like, a nostalgia piece. So it's, it's not like it's trying to be truthful if yeah, that makes sense totally but then i think like we're expecting children who watch this like you and i to have that critical awareness yeah which they don't i will also say that um one of the things i think works is that no one looks like a 17 year old totally so it's it's not like dear evan hansen right <laughs> do you remember i don't know how well you know it clearly very well in the dance right when sandy and danny are dancing and they're yeah. like, there's a circle around them because they're killing it. And then Cha Cha comes yeah. in, and Sandy like runs off, and she does this final like look back to Danny before she runs off. Next to her is this guy, right? This like student yeah. who honestly looks like he's 45. Yeah, uh, isn't it Sunny? No, it's oh, someone okay. else random. Yeah, just a random. Yeah, it always was like, okay, everyone else looks mildly like maybe believable, but that guy is a man. <laughs> yes, that is a grown that is ass man. man. That, that guy has kids in real life. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Um, I just think, so, yeah, I think it raises issues with representation, but there is a weird grey area for me where, like, this is an incredibly sexual show and yes. I just don't think we'd be sh- we should be sexualising actual teenagers. So there's, like, pros and cons, I think. Like, well, I, I would think, not... like, ultimately you kind of want people in their early 20s. Yes. Like, if you're doing it on stage, for example. 
Yes. You want people who've been through it. Yes, but, but who don't but yes. have, yeah, mortgages. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, like I was just saying, so, like, the issue with your Evan Hansen is that <laughs> everyone else kind of looks age-appropriate. I know. And then and – Maybe then, he's like Benjamin then, Button. And I don't blame Ben Platt. They've made him look older than he is. Yeah. Um, but that's the big the big part of it. Yeah. Whereas here at least it's like everyone's, everyone everyone's is a grown-ass yeah. Um And it, also, like, they just didn't care back then. No. We don't have that kind of, like – Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It's yeah. just like it's a bit silly. Yeah. Um, also, like very obviously, sexual harassment is treated pretty glibly in the film. Which, by the way, I read this fact that um, like Stockard Channing's hickeys were real. Like Jeff Conaway was like, "Oh, well, I'll give you real hickeys." Jesus Christ! And you just think about like um, that would ho- hopefully not fly these days. You oh, know? I hope so. <laughs> Shit like that. Wow. You're just like, Whoa. <laughs> Well, like, okay, so let's go into it. Firstly, in Summer Nights, the line, did she put up a fight? Yeah, yeah, fuck, I know. What? Um, also, like, Danny's very shitty behaviour at the drive-in. Like, he literally tries to pin Sandy down yeah. to the front seat. Worse still is that, like, after she leaves, he sings a sad song about how all the kids at school on Monday are going to think he's a loser for not having sex with her. Yeah. And he says, like, Sandy, you've hurt me real bad Yeah. for, like, saying no. Yeah. And saying no many times and then having to actually forcefully get him yes. off her. Um, how about like Vince Fontaine hitting on oh, Marty? Oh, so then, but then not just hitting on her, but spiking her drink. Yes, which Literally. is not in the film, right? Well, she says in the film that he put an aspirin in her drink. Right. She, she mentions that when Rizzo's talking about the fact that she might be pregnant. But yeah. like, it's also sort of like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, fully, fully. Oh, Vince. Yeah, but also like, like. Oh, it's just date right? Because like, for example, I'm pretty sure Burt Newton played Vince Fontaine in that 2013 Ugh. um Australian production, like, uh, well, and she's but, supposed to be like, but 17. like, good. It should, it should be awkward because it is. Yes, it's terrible. What about there's that? Is it just before summer nights where there's one of the one of the T birds is like looking up a girl's skirt on the bleachers? That's right. What the fuck? I know there's so much inappropriate. Shit. Oh my god. Also, okay, Danny is the worst. Yes, he is a fuck boy. Yeah, he puts he in is. zero effort. Zero effort. The end. Like, that's the end. Like, you cannot – there is no – no, no yeah. Danny. Like, when he – like, you know, because I think some people argue that, that you know, how – because everyone says, like, it's terrible moral, right? Terrible. That she has to change everything about who she is yeah. to sort of be attractive to this guy and for them to end up together. Yes. And a lot of people are like, oh, but he also, like, Dutch joins the track team and that sort of thing. And it's like, he's not just doing that for her, though. It's also about, like – it, well, it's not really about looking attractive to her. It's like, oh, I can do, I can be as good as these yeah, guys. Yeah, it's like, not about, it's not about changing anything. No. It's like, look at me. And also, like, he just put on a Letterman jacket. Yes, that he literally was still wearing the, all the greasy yeah, clothes. Yeah, exactly. He changed nothing. Yeah. Meanwhile, Sandy comes in, sewn into this outfit, literally smoking a cigarette. Olivia Newton-John was sewn into the outfit, Ugh. like, yes, smoking a fucking cigarette, and she got a perm. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a commitment. That is like no, he's yeah. not worth it. Yeah, I agree. And I like, agree. Yeah, he tried to. Um. I mean, I think we can all agree that it is the worst uh, sort of messages and morals of maybe any modern musical. And not just like phase. once or twice; it's just consistent. Yeah, just over and over. Yeah, exactly. over and over. The only like I do love Rizzo's whole thing about like. Like, I just want to be sort of tough. Like, I'm just here to be resilient and, 
Like I do love her sort of give no fucks attitude. Yes, I love that. And I love that she is just all about like owning her sexuality. Yeah. That's great. Um, but there are lots of comments made about Rizzo. You know that scene where she and Kaniki are making out in the car and the, the Cha-Cha's boyfriend, the other gang guy is like, I'll give you 50 cents for the car and the girl. Yeah. Like just shit like that. And there's, a, there's reference to a gangbang as well. Yeah. When Rizzo leaves the pyjama party, I think she jumps into the car with the T-Birds. And, That's right. And she's like, what do you think this is, a gangbang? And then the guys are like, you wish. Like it's so. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> so much. It's so it, like, I know, I know. It's uh, it's yucky. It is yucky. Um, I just want to quickly mention the music. It's super quick. Um, yeah. We obviously love, like I love the music. It's, they're great songs. It's so catchy. So catchy. Um, the show is scored for quite a substantial band. It um, includes multiple keyboards. There's a violin, a viola, a cello. Which is like I bet it's not done by that many people now. Surely not. Yeah. Um, a saxophone, a trumpet, a trombone, guitar, bass, guitar, and drums. Like there's also supposed to be a vo- like an unseen vocal chorus of about eight people. Oh, okay. Which is cool. I suppose for all like the beauty school dropout and yeah. all those moments. Because yeah. there's not really much of an ensemble in the show. No, in the you're stage right. show. Yeah. I had a note that um so like the new songs that were written for the film are not written by Jacobs and Casey. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like that Grease, the opening title, that's written by Barry Gibb that's of right. the Bee Gees. What was sung by was it Frankie Valley? Frankie Valley yeah. sang it. And actually in that Grease Live, it's Jesse J. She does a good job right. of it. Yeah, it's quite good. Um, and also John Farrah, who's also an Australian songwriter, he wrote Hopelessly Devoted to You, yes. You're the One That I Want. Yeah. Which I thought that was quite cool that it was, I mean, I know Barry Gibbs sort of lived everywhere, but yeah. kind of basically two Aussies. Two Aussies, that, yeah. Yeah, had done those new, and, and you know, great songs, obviously. Yeah. Um, There's a couple of other facts that I had um, about the film. Um, this really went over my head, but many of the adult supporting roles in the film are played by like 1950s TV stars. Oh, did you not? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, obviously we don't know who they are mm. because we were not. Also movie stars. Yeah. So the, the woman who played the principal, yeah. she was in a lot of Doris Day films. Okay. She was like the, the female comedic foil yeah. to Doris Day a lot. Um, and the guy, he was in, um, the well, coach. Sid Caesar is, isn't yeah, it Sid Caesar? Caesar. Yeah. So what is he? He was in, um. Well. He had his own. Yeah. Is it like your your show of shows or something? Yeah, but he, he he's been in a few movie musicals, like okay. older ones. Let me just yeah, have a quick, quick check. Um, I also wanted to mention that Tom Chisholm, which is the clean-cut jock that Sandy dates um, yeah. during the film, uh, well, during the musical as well. But uh, Oh, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Oh, yeah, that's Thank right. You. Very famous He's the film. dentist, yeah. Yeah. So he, that character was originally meant to be played by Stephen Ford, who is was President Gerald Ford's son. That's right. Um, but he got stage fright apparently at the last minute, and so it was um, the role was played by Lorenzo Lamas. And I always <laughs> think of that in great big stuff that line that, rep- that yes. references Lorenzo Lamas. Of course, I think he went on to be in a lot of like soapies and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Bold and the Beautiful and stuff. But yeah, I didn't quite realize that that's who played that character. I love that you've you've snuck in a great big stuff reference. Absolutely, I will. <laughs> Norbert Leo Butts. <laughs> Anytime. Dirty Rotten. Um, I, what was I, oh, there was an interesting fact I read about Elvis maybe playing Teen Angel. Yeah, and then he died on the day that they filmed. He died on the day they filmed Look, Look at Me on Sandra Day. Day. Yeah. I, like you'll all remember as Rizzo's dancing next to like a poster of him. Yeah, Elvis, she does, uh, Elvis, let, let me be. be. Yeah. yeah, keep that pelvis. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, which is sad. Yeah, kind of a weird coincidence as yeah. well. Um, there seems to be this prequel in development. Did you oh, read no. this? Yeah, so called Summer Lovin'. Um, it was announced in 2019 um, and I thought, oh, if there hasn't been anything written since then, 
it's probably not happening. But, but then ju- with the pandemic. Yeah, in July last year, a director it was announced that was attached to it. So hmm. it looks like it's still happening. We don't have to talk about Grease 2, do we? I just think we should mention it. Well, Grease 2. I love Grease 2. Yeah. It's, like, great. It's better. I mean, it is just... Yeah, I really, it's like campy. It's so campy. It, it was, and I, we should also mention it was a massive flop. A huge like, flop. Considering how it's fucking, like the butt of a lot of jokes. Yeah, considering how fucking successful this film was. Yeah, this Grease one. one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's like, call it Grease One. Grease One. Um, <laughs> it was like, I think, so I don't, I don't think it lost money. No. But apparently it cost twice as much to make. As and the basically original. broke even. Yeah. Whereas, so I think this cost something like $8 million to make and made $400 million or Jeez. something like that. Whereas I think it was like Grease 2 cost 15 and and made 17 or something like that. Was it like one of Michelle Pfeiffer's like first roles wasn't too? She, but wasn't she like a child actor, Michelle oh, Pfeiffer? Was she? I thought you were thinking, oh. Oh, I don't think of Jodie Foster. I was about to say maybe. I was thinking even... of Bugsy Malone, but that's Jodie Foster, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and she was in um, Taxi. Yeah, yeah, Driver. Taxi Driver. Um, but yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer is so hot in it. She's hot in everything. She's so it's true. beautiful. She really is. She really is. Oh yeah, so her first leading role was in Grease too. Wow. <laughs> I love Reproductions. My famous favorite song from that. Oh Grease yeah. Two. It's I. I really like Grease too. <laughs> um, I also just wanted to mention that um, the fact that this so. This the original musical was written in 1971. Yeah, and it is a nostalgia piece for something that was in 1959. I know. Can you imagine? Twelve like, years. Can you imagine doing a nostalgia piece now on like 2009? <laughs> like it's just such a. It would just be like a musical that borders and. Yeah, it's like all it makes me think of is how much the world changed so quickly back then. Yes, compared yes. to now, like we just we're not in that sort of yeah quick. Um, you but know, we, like we know that like that 70s. was a huge shift, yeah. like a social shift was happening there. Exactly, a big social shift. Mm. Yeah, that's fascinating, mm. actually. When you think about it now, like yeah. yeah, you just wouldn't be able to do the same thing. No, no, like maybe a nostalgia piece for the seventies or eighties. Yeah, you could like maybe the nineties. The nineties would be as late as you could go, I reckon. Yeah, but when you think about the fact that that is almost thirty, like thirty years ago, ninety-one is thirty years ago. Ooh. You know, that's a long time. <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh god! So I'm I'm going to link to a whole bunch of recordings because there's, there's so a many. lot on Spotify. Yeah, there are. Um, so there's the original film tra- soundtrack. There's the Grease Live TV soundtrack. Yeah. There's the original London cast recording. There's that Australian cast recording from 2013 that we mentioned, which is kind of cool. That it's cool. That's on there. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's the 1994 Broadway cast recording. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you want to listen to Rosie O'Donnell sing, "Look at Me, I'm Sandra Dee." But I tell you what the the guy who sings those magic changes. Oh yeah, he's got a fabulous voice. Yeah, he does. I Sam who that Harris, is. I think Sam Harris. Yeah, yeah. Fabulous voice. I, I just remember listening to that, going, "Oh, like yeah, that guy sing the shit out of that." Um, <laughs> oh, and, take a drink. And I'm also going to uh, link to the Grease Two soundtrack because I can. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. It's your podcast and also yours. Um, can I tell you my gateway song? Yes, tell me. Okay, it's raining on prom night. Oh, interesting. I love this song. Yeah. I've, I've, both of my I, gateways. Mine are going to be so obvious and yours are going to be so obscure. Yeah. Go on. Both of my, no, it's not obvious. I mean, <laughs> it's not obscure. Um, both of these from the Australian cast because I really love the, oh, yeah. that version. And it's just such a cool song. It's like, it's very like Ellie Greenwich 
50s sort of yeah. anyway I love it so in the stage show that's what Sandy sings while everyone's at the dance having a that's great right. time and yeah. she's at home alone crying so definitely listen to that song and then it's got to be there are worse things I could yeah, do okay. and the one I've linked to is Lucy Maunder singing that yeah she did I remember her being a good Rizzo yeah 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 absolutely I don't remember like a lot from that production but I remember her being a good Rizzo yeah so mine are actually like really on You've the definitely nose. got Sandy, right? I don't have Sandy, although I love that song. You it's love just because I, I don't consider it to be a gateway song. Yeah. But I have to say, I love the song Sandy. You do. Um, no, I've gone actually for the three songs that were written for the film. Oh. Yeah, and I've gone for the film versions. I love the title song, Grease. Yeah. I love that song. And I do think that it's like that opening chord, like the opening riff going into <laughs> it. Yeah, opening to a show. Like, yeah. I actually, don't you think that has, it has not a 50s feel at all? <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that matters. Like, I don't think that... I think it matters. Do you? I think that song is so random. Yeah, but it's great. Well, yeah, but that doesn't make it good. Like, I for this, think, in this context. I don't context. think it has to be, like, historically accurate for this show. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Like, because it's Grease. It is a great song. Yeah, it's a fucking good song. You know that the word Grease is not mentioned in... Oh, I had that written down. I didn't say it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like... It's not in the show. The word Greased is in Grease Lightning, but otherwise it's and not... that's it. Yeah. yeah like, I it know. refers to the fact that they're greases, which... But otherwise, like, that, it's never mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I guess now that song is in there... Yeah. ...they do say it, but it's not in the script at no, all. No, no. <laughs> um, I have put Hopelessly Devoted to You. I think that's a great song. No. You've just heard it too many times, I reckon. The Maybe. song has a great build... It really does. You're sure. incorrect if you think it doesn't. I just don't like the verse, chorus, first chorus thing. Like mm. I don't like that for a musical theatre song. Okay. It doesn't belong. Too much of a pop song for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I've also put put you the one that I want because I think it's catchy. That is catchy. That's yeah. a new worm. Yeah. Do you, I just remember watching this on Rage literally every morning. Like it was always on. Yeah. And it would well, be at every party, like you'd listen to the time nights oh, I know. would be on every all and the time. people knew all the words. I still know all the words. Well, like, but also like we're musical theatre nerds. Oh yeah. But like everyone would know all the words. Definitely. Like if I went to a school party, it would get yeah. paid. If I went to a school dance party or yeah. blue light disco, yeah. they'd play summer nights. It's so true. Yeah. Why? Like that's and that does not happen now. Actually, can I just talk about how this is not an appropriate show or movie for children? Yes. And I don't know why schools always do this musical. Okay, there is a highly sanitized school version. But that's not the version that schools do, is no, it? No, and they shouldn't. It should. It's not appropriate. <laughs> it's not. No, it's not. And yeah, there's lots of swearing. There's lots of sexual references. Yeah, it's all about sex and swearing. Yeah, I know. It's funny. Anyway, think of the children. Do you have any final thoughts on Grace? I think I've given all my thoughts and opinions. <laughs> I'm sorry that I don't like Grease. I'm, I, I, I'm not sorry. I like the film. I don't think it's a particularly good stage show. I'm probably just fatigued by it. Yeah, well, it's been around. It's definitely been in our lives, our entire lives. Yeah, and I just feel like oh, there's other stuff that I'd yeah. rather re-watch. Like, yeah. I just watch Sunday in the Park with George again <laughs> and watch this. Uh, yes, you would. You would. And do. Yes. I just... um. I just think it's a shame that the stage show is not as good as the film for yep. me. Yep. I kind of wish there was like a cut down version of the stage show that was on honestly like more like the film. Yeah. It just like this. Why do, why do all the characters have to sing a song? Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I do not care. Like there's a, this and they're random, like, they're like, pop songs. They're not yeah. character songs. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, oh, I'm going to sing a song. Yeah. There's actually literally a moment where one of the, I don't know which guy it is. It must be Duty or Roger or something. Is like, oh, I got a new guitar. I'll sing you a song. Isn't that those magic changes? I think yeah. it is. <laughs> it's so like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Ugh. 
Yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah. So the, like, you don't really get to have character moments in those. It's just like here are these teenagers, and every now and then they sing these songs. Yeah, like it's yeah. I realize we didn't really talk about the the randomness that is beauty school dropout. That scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird, right? Yeah. It's probably all that we just like. We know it's in the film that yeah. we think like, oh, that's fine, but it's very weird. Yeah, it's a whole fucking dream sequence it's as well. It's so weird. And yeah. what even is Teen Angel? I know this like guy who appears yeah again a great opportunity for stunt casting great opportunity yeah. i love the idea of billy porter doing that role i know he would have been great yeah he would have been fantastic yeah so greece yeah. yeah i i mean i i don't think it's anyone's like it can't be anyone's favorite fa- favorite in the way that it's you don't necessarily you wouldn't have a like a sentimental attachment to this musical sentimental not in like a nostalgic way obviously like no but like i connect with this show yes exactly <laughs> no i feel one has this show that. on a high yeah yes yeah. No um, one grew up being like. Imagine if someone does, if they're like, I identify with I the character Frenchie. Yeah. Of all the characters, that's the one to identify with. We're Absolutely. all Frenchie a little bit. Oh, dear. I always loved her hair. That pink? Oh, yeah, it's incredible. Your hair looks like an Easter egg. Yes. Did you read to um, John Travolta's sister was in the film? Yes, she's like a waitress. Yeah, you know the one that when they're watching the, the like, dance, the dance right? she's like, there's Danny and Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I thought that was cute. That and um, cute. the guy who played Kaniki, Jeff Conaway, ended up marrying Olivia Newton-John's sister. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, like <laughs> met at the film. Kind I of like thing. Um, John Travolta had a mad crush on Olivia Newton-John Yeah, throughout the the filming. Yeah. She was beautiful. She, I mean, yeah. And, she, like, she's great in it. They both are. Yes. Apart they really from are. the random Australian accent. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. Yeah. Grace. Mm. Watch it all again, why don't you? No, don't. <laughs> You've seen it. You've seen it. All right. We've all seen it. That'll do. We'll see you next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not next week. Just next time. We'll see oh, you in a while. And uh, special shout out to all those lucky people who happened to hear our unedited episode <laughs> that of we Cats. That we accidentally released. That we accidentally released. We had uh, Andrew just, because we've been out of it for so long, Andrew just forgot that when we record a podcast, sometimes we record uh, a mixtape at the same time. Yeah. And he just released he just, both. He just he just didn't edit. In one file. It makes me just think, oh, he doesn't listen to this to edit it. Like, he just sends it out. I can tell you that out. he doesn't. <laughs> he just looks listens to the end of the episode and adds in the music. It's upsetting. I thought for sure he would, like, comb over. It is funny the, the differences in our husband's attitudes. Like, it's like Shane's favourite podcast. <laughs> and my husband just doesn't care. Doesn't care. <laughs> could, not, could not care less. Could not care less. Yeah. So much so that, like, when we finish recording, we go try to go inside and he's locked, he's us, locked out us out of the house. <laughs> he hates us. Oh, dear. Anyway, so, yeah, you're welcome for that. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. What absolutely outrageous slander.